0: let us pray god in this season of wonder and joy take our ears and hear through them take our minds and think through them and take our hearts and set them on fire for christ's sake we pray amen well back in that sermon i mentioned a quote that's often attributed to albert einstein i've been thinking about it a lot again this week albert einstein there's a persistent spider up here. Sorry. That, is, that was not Einstein's quote, but that threw me off there a little bit. Uh, Einstein uh, purportedly said that if he was given an hour to solve a very hard problem, he'd take the first 55 minutes to figure out the right question to ask. Because if he asked the right question, he figured five minutes was enough to answer it and solve the problem. The key is you have to ask the right question. Today, as we've heard, is Epiphany Sunday, and every year on the Feast of Epiphany, we hear, read again the story of the Magi, these wise ones from the East, who had studied the stars. And in ancient times, people understood that everything in all of creation was connected. And so what happened on earth was thought to be reflected in what was happening in the heavens. And what happened in the heavens was thought to be a sign of what would happen, what was happening on earth. And what they'd seen in the heavens was a sign that on earth, a child had been born king of the Jews. And so they traveled to Jerusalem, because where else would you go to look for a king? Jerusalem had long been the seat of power, economic power, political power, religious power. It's where David, the first great king of Israel, had set up his rule. It's where Solomon had built the first great temple and waves of conquerors and empires had followed in their wake ever since. Turns out though, they went to the wrong place. There was no child born King of the Jews in Jerusalem. There was only King Herod and he was not at all happy to hear news of arrival. So he calls in the chief priests and the scribes, the religious leaders. I'm a religious leader, so I have a pretty keen professional interest in this part of the story. Herod asks them, where is this messiah to be born? And the thing that's striking to me, and the reason I thought of that Einstein quote, the thing that's significant is they know the answer. They quickly quote the prophet Micah in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it's been written by the prophet, you Bethlehem in the land of Judah are by no means the least among the rulers for you shall come, from, from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people, Israel. They know the answer. They're just not asking any questions. And so all their learning, all their study, all their knowledge, all their insight doesn't make a bit of difference. They give the answer, they exit stage left, they go back to whatever they were doing before. Which is one way of being religious, to know all the answers and just not ask any questions. But when we do that, It brings us the satisfaction of certainty, but it can leave us stuck in the status quo, and we can end up missing what God means to do on earth as in heaven. You have to ask the right questions. Herod, Herod asked the right question, but he asked for all the wrong reasons. We're told that Herod was frightened. The Magi asked about a child born king of the Jews, Herod, He was already king of the Jews, but his rule was tenuous. Herod ruled uh, at the pleasure of the Roman emperor, Caesar Augustus, and there's a long backstory there uh, such that Herod's rule was, Herod was very vulnerable in his rule as the king. And so for Herod, any hint of a rival was a grave threat. When Herod was frightened, it scared everyone else. Herod was a sociopath. There are a lot of stories about his brutality, about his cruelty. It's said that on Herod's deathbed, he knew that no one would miss him, that no one would mourn when he died. And so he laid in plans that on the day of his death, one member of every family in Jerusalem would be killed so that there would be tears at his funeral. That was Herod. Now, thankfully, his minions didn't carry out those orders Herod asked the right question, where is this child to be born king of the Jews? But he asked it to protect his position, to protect his power. He asked it with murderous intent. And as uh, Christina mentioned earlier, it's a question that will soon lead Herod to do horrible things, horrible harm, to the families of Bethlehem. Now, none of us here are like Herod. Uh, Very few people in history are. But we too can ask the right questions for the wrong reasons and end up hurting people if we're not careful. It's the Magi, these most unlikely characters in the story who ask the right question and ask for the right reason. Where is this child who's been born King of the Jews? For we have come to pay him homage. The Magi are learned, they are curious, and it's their willingness to venture out, their willingness to listen to the wisdom of the scriptures, to follow the star, to bow in worship, That leads them to Bethlehem, to the long expected one, to God with us, the Messiah who will lead the way for us all to the mercy and the justice, the healing, the wholeness of God's beloved community. And for the Magi, meeting the Christ child changes the trajectory of their lives. They go home symbolically by another way. Another way, that's the term that was used for the early Christian community, people of the way. We have to ask the right questions. There are questions that we don't think to ask, questions that we're too busy to ask, too comfortable to ask. There's questions that we don't want to ask because we don't really want to know the answer. There are questions that we ask out of fear, uh, leading questions that we ask to protect our position or to protect our privilege. But there are also questions we can ask that open new possibilities and new hopes, new faith, a new future. The story of the visit of the Magi holds the promise that we can find our way toward Jesus, toward the kind of life together that his love and grace and wisdom and spirit make possible. We just have to ask the right questions. Einstein said if he was given a hard problem to solve, he'd spend most of his time trying to figure out the right questions to ask. There are plenty of hard problems for us to choose from. We're at the end of a year that began with some optimism, and at the end of it, um, our hopes are flagging a little, uh, our spirits are languishing some. At the start of a new year, where we're wondering what now, what next? So what are the right questions to ask that will get us pointed toward Jesus, toward his way of love and justice and healing and peace. What questions do you need to ask? What questions do I need to ask? You know, when I think of the chief priests and the scribes in this story, I wonder what, what complacency, what being too settled, too content, is causing me to miss. I wonder whether I valued stability and certainty over a willingness to be called and to be surprised. When I think of Herod, I wonder how much fear is driving the choices that I make. I wonder what harm I'm doing, even unintentionally. Who's being hurt to protect what I've got, to protect our way of life. When I think of the Magi, it makes me wonder about what I'm really looking for in life and whether I'm enough of a dreamer to keep hoping Keep believing, keep trusting that the promises he made will come true. What questions do we need to ask as a congregation? In the fall, we started asking questions about about the new normal, about what we want to settle into together in our life uh, whenever this pandemic ends. How do we want to follow Jesus together as a congregation? We're going to take that series up again next week. The ways that we experience community, the ways that we've gathered for worship have changed. Uh, we never before had a worship leader uh, join us electronically because she's expecting a child and worried about Omicron. Um, all of that's changed, but rather than asking how can we get back to the way that things used to be, I wanna ask instead how we can build more density into our relationships? Even if we can't all meet here together on Sunday mornings, how can we build more density into our life together with God, with each other, with our neighbors? I want to ask, what practices will make us more reverent? We're part of an economy that treats everything as a commodity, something to be bought and sold. Everything has a price on it. How, instead, can we become more attuned to the holiness of God that imbues all of life, imbues everyone and everything in all of creation? Next week, we're gonna take up the series again and talk more about equity. Many of you know too, I hope, that we are in the midst as a congregation of of an anti-racism audit. In the fall, we invited in some consultants from wider stand to take a look at our congregation. People from the outside, people of color, we asked them to take a look at our congregation and tell us what they see, and also help us imagine how we can keep moving more and more toward that vision of being part of God's beloved community. Race is a tough topic to talk about. Uh, We're a mostly white congregation. Um, I grew up completely unaware that for me, I'd taken white to be the norm and everything else to be something a little bit less if I'm truthful. The audit is meant to help us see the water we're swimming in. It's meant to help us see uh, the ways that the white supremacy uh, of the history, the culture of this country, has infected each of us and infected the way we function as a congregation. So we're gonna have to ask what we're willing to do so that this church, this congregation can be a place for all peoples. We're gonna have to ask what we're willing to let go of, what we're ready to take on, so that we can move toward uh, this biblical vision of the beloved community. There are a lot of conversations ahead of us. It's gonna be important for us to ask the right questions. The Magi did. They found their way to Bethlehem. They found their way to the Christ child, to the promises of God. I hope we will too. Amen.